Oh, Peter, is this a little uh, KOB? Yeah, uh, no. It's influenced by, mildly influenced by. Oh, who's on piano? Um, I'd have to do a little bit of self-analysis to figure that out. Oh, but I can let you know. It's not KOB, it's P-O-M? C'est moi. C'est moi. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for all of your jazz lesson needs. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing a little self-analysis. That's we're doing right. How to survive listening to yourself. Avoid paralysis by analysis. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a skill that we teach around here. We encourage people to record themselves playing. However, this might take work to be able to do this effectively. Yes. Which seems like it shouldn't take work. I just listen to myself. I analyze. I, I see what I like. I see what I don't like. But it's really hard to get your ego out of the way yeah. when you're listening to yourself. Right. For good and bad. Right. Some right. of us can be very hard on ourselves. Some of us can be a little too easy on ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's changing over the, I think the lifespan of, a for all of us, you know, like we go through these different stages, we go through different seasons. And um, I mean, I think there's a certain element of like, learn to love thyself. Yeah. That's really important um, as an artist, you know? And when I say as an artist, this is not some highfalutin thing that you're a graduate of, you know, the Manhattan School of Music. Now you are an artist or you have performed at X jazz club. No, this is about you have committed to putting your art out into the world in yeah. service. Yeah. Right. And so uh, the art of, the, the art of self-love of what it is that you're doing is difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a necessary thing for, for the, the progression, for our progress as musicians, of course, to be listening to ourselves. Not all the time. It's not the biggest part of it. But you do have to have some self-awareness. Totally. You, you know, you do have to be able to check are the things that you're working on, how are they lining up in your playing? What are the things that you do need to be working on? Yeah. But then there's also just the being at peace with what you've put out there into the world. That That is what takes some work for a lot of folks. Yeah. And so a couple of things to keep in mind as you start to listen to recordings of yourself, and this could be you record yourself in the practice room or you record yourself in a jam session or on a gig or maybe, uh, which is what I have here. I have a recording of, of a gig from just a couple of weeks ago that yep. I thought we could check out. And then you have a recording that you made with friend of the show, Jeff Clapp. Right. This is actually Jeff Clapp's album. I thought this would be fun to put out there because a lot of people aren't hip to this because it kind of, it was recorded in... Um, 2020 and came out in 2021 but i hadn't really listened to it i and i recently kind of checked it out someone i was like wow okay that's something that i haven't listened to much yeah but i can tolerate at least oh <laughs> nice know, i nice. feel like um and i thought it would, we, we could kind of riff a little bit um and maybe i'll start out just talking about that with this um a lot of times the one of the things that's been difficult for me to kind of um you know accept over the years has been recordings that people constantly say like oh i love your playing on this or i love your solo on this album like like some of that stuff from the the joshua redmond live stuff and from that whole period yeah, of the spirit 90s, of the moment that's spirit the, of the moment yeah one. and i you know i never listened to those much but i i would go back periodically periodically like every decade or many years sometimes and be like oh, let me check this out people are talking about it enough and then when i listen to it i was like i i just i i chafe it's a little bit like Ugh, I'm wincing. I, I I hear some good things that are happening. It's fun nostalgically to go back to that period because it was a, a great period and, and really my friends and brothers playing in that band, a lot of fun. 
Um, but it's not necessarily my favorite stuff that I've done. But again, like it's that's not really about us. We're not putting things out there. We're putting it for ourselves. Yeah. But how do we kind of find those things? And then I thought it would be interesting just to look at like why is something that maybe is not as much what we're known for, maybe resonates with ourselves and is more of our favorite kind of stuff that we have put out there. Why is that sometimes a little bit under the radar perhaps? Yeah. A great exercise for this as you do this, as you prepare for this, is to to put in an attention of what you want to get out of this when you listen to yourself. Yeah. Are you doing it just to pump yourself up? Like, are you doing this, listening to something, just be like, to prove that you can play? Oh, I right. I belong here, or uh, I sound good on this, or whatever. Yeah. It's probably not going to be a very productive session if you're just inflating your own ego. Same for the reverse. Are you just going to bash yourself? So I find the best way for me to do this is to pretend like I'm listening to someone else. Mm. So I do a lot of Feedback Fridays here at Open Studio where I try to uh, listen to our students here at Open Studio and be really honest with the feedback for the purposes of their growth. Mm. So if I hear something that, you know what, I think you can work on this rhythmic thing here, or maybe like check out this phrasing of this, I try to, when I really wanna grow, if I'm just, not when I'm just like casually checking myself out, but if yeah. I'm using this as an exercise for growth, I'll pretend like this isn't even me because that way I don't inflate my own ego. There's not a lot of stock into it. Like, oh, how did I do? The, the more like I should have done this, the I wish I would have done this, we got to let all that stuff go. Because if you start getting on that train, I mean, you can just take apart your whole solo and be like, well, I should just sound like Keith Jarrett. Right. You know, or whatever. Yeah, if you uh, get on that, that's like getting on the Ozzy Osbourne crazy train. Yeah, it's not good. God, God, crazy God. train, that's great. <laughs> um, but if you can sort of have some separation. Yeah. This is a different person that you're listening to. This was right. not, this is not you in the moment now. This is, for me, this is me uh, four weeks ago. For you, this is you three years ago. Right. And so it's a whole different person. You had a whole different makeup of cells yeah. in your body. And so if you can treat it uh, with that sort of objectivity of like, this is not, it has no bearing on if I deserve you know, to be a musician or if I deserve to be <laughs> loved in this world or any of that. I know right. that sounds heavy, but that's usually where we go first is I like, know. oh, I but suck. I deserve... And nobody else is thinking no that. No one <laughs> else is thinking that. So if you, can, if you can listen to yourself, how other people might listen to you with like, you know, pretend it's not even you. Pretend right, it's someone right. else and you're being honestly objective yep. about what you're hearing. You can actually get a lot of growth because what you're doing here is you're, you're pinpointing areas of weakness that you can really work on in your practicing. And right. that doesn't mean you're not a great artist or you're not a good person. It just means like, ah, oh, these things I can really work on to help make me better. Absolutely. And I mean, I think too, there's also, um, there's some things like we, we kind of gravitate towards like, how was my solo on this? How was, but I, I like to listen for like, how did I do in some supportive, like, cause I feel like solos, or like solo piano, or if you are playing a solo on something, they're a little bit easier to sort of gauge and evaluate in real time. Like you kind of know how it's going because you sort of know your intent as you're going through it, like whether or not, like I felt good about that solo. Yeah. But then let's not forget, especially as pianists or, or any comping, rhythm section instrument, um, or really any instrument, like there's always, uh, there, there's often more supportive um, requirements to what we're doing than there are like stepping out front. So why aren't we listening to that? So like, I, I always try to be like, how successful was my support underneath another soloist? Or how did, how good of a rhythm section that's player great, that's was great, I? Yeah, just not you shining, but what right. what's the overall effect? And 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 the easier side is to be like, uh, you know, is to be critical with any aspect of our playing in which we're like, I need to work on that. My time was a little off. I felt steady there, but I can hear I'm dragging. Yeah. Of course, that's valuable stuff. 
but we can also learn a lot from the successful things we totally. do, you know, and that's okay too. Like, especially on the supportive things like, wow, that worked really well. A little mental note to do that more. Well, let's know? get to it there. Let's okay. listen to Should our... I just pick up where I was already? Yeah. Okay. Let's pick it. So this is uh, Flamenco Sketches? Flamenco Sketches. Jeff Clapp on drums. Who's playing bass? Ruben Rogers. Ruben Rogers playing bass. Right. Shout out Upright Citizens. Great sounding piano. Yeah. First of all. take notes on you too I hope that's okay I love that band you too oh man clap sounds great We don't have to play mine. a bass solo <laughs> actually Ruben is killing Ruben sounds great on, on this yeah. and I highly we're, we're gonna link to this below the name of the album is redeemed Jeff Clapp sounds great Nicholas Payton's on here not on this track but on some other stuff it was a really fun um, session and and a great record that's kind of flown under the radar but I'll, I'll say like the stuff that I like that I did um, 
was I, I mean it kind of comes out of some negative because I still hear like I hear a lot of things where I was like why was I so square in there but I think like there were certain things where I was like where I was feels like very, really free flowing to me that's the thing it's I, like, well, I think yeah. yeah there was enough that I did free flowing so maybe that kind of works but then I hear like you know it, it's just a great reminder for us sometimes to be like not necessarily even so critical but we're not the best arbiters in the moment it, it, only insofar as like we're able to really be in the moment yeah. and accept that sometimes the music needs something a little bit square maybe because something that's come before that it's some of it's a little bit above our head so when you're listening way. back and you hear some square phrasing and by square you mean like you're doing it you're lining it up in the same beat every time yeah. like presumably or yeah. or similar similarly there's no yeah. feeling of of whoa of floatiness right. in those phrases yeah that didn't bother me at all because you were doing all this other floaty shit around it yeah maybe yeah maybe, maybe that's how it you know it works but it's that's the thing like when we the meta-analysis of this kind of stuff not only are we our our, our worst enemies or, or you know our biggest critics but also what we know nobody else knows that's and so right. like as soon as i get back into this i haven't really listened to this much but um it takes me back, and I almost remember. I was like, "Oh yeah, this was happening," but nobody knows that when they're listening. So we we think about like the things that we are thinking about at the time, or that we're privy to, or that we maybe didn't feel like we succeeded at. Mm -hmm. To others, they don't know that, so it's not like. So how do you sort of step back and say, "Does the whole thing sound good?" So I'm listening to Jeff and Ruben on this, and myself to a certain extent, but really kind of like the whole blend of things. Like, did I help them sound better? Hopefully so, even on my solo. Like, did I make the entire thing? Because it's not my solo. Like, we're all playing. Yeah. And, like, this kind of playing, I love when it's, like, really throwing the baton, baton back and forth. Baton? Baton. Gala? Baton. <laughs> gala. Stick around to the end. We've for got the, some exciting for the, news for the gala. About, about the gala. Yeah. Slash gala. Yeah. Yeah. Man, let's so, get to yours. Let's well, get my of notes me. here. I have a couple. Of, they're okay. they're all positive. There's a, no negative notes on that. I thought it was a <laughs> great solo. So first, your touch is. You always have superb touch on ballads. Like you have the best bell, like from here to like here, of any of my uh, of my favorite pianists. You what about always... above and below the point? Nope, not good. <laughs> but those especially are just really lovely, and it sounded like a beautiful Steinway D that you were. That's playing incredible. Down there. Yeah. Shout out Esplanade Studios in New in Nolens. Um, one thing for that I noted for just my again for my own playing, if I can rip some stuff off from you, mm. is your thematic development was so strong. I could hear a new idea be presented and then being taken through some kind of journey. Mm. So for those listeners that don't know, if you you know if Peter does something, he doesn't just do it once and then move on. Often he'll take that idea, that little kernel, probably somewhere that you've got listening to Jeff and Ruben as they play. Mm. Something comes. And he spins it out in these various ways. You literally take whatever, some simple nugget of an idea, and you can hear you spin it through all these different uh, uh, versions of itself, really looking at it from all perspectives. And to me, that's the most fun playing to listen to. It's the most joyous playing I get to do when it happens for me as well. Mm -hmm. Just really inspiration, inspirational. Then on like a sort of a nuts and bolts level, man, your subs on these chords, it started off you were subbing a lot of the, because it's like a... Like that sort of dominant, I heard a couple like, yeah, like yeah. of crunchy subs that went in. And then you started doing it on the, um, you don't know, but now yeah. you're brother. What was one? Was there, there was some of this kind of subs going on the G, like a sharp 11 maybe at yeah. some point. Like the subs kept getting more intense yeah. and in places where it wasn't just in the transition chords. Like. This is what was so brilliant about how you use chord substitutions. It wasn't like you started off just using it in very 
transitional moments, mm. like of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of that, of this kind of stuff. And then by the end, you were subbing out on more of the solid moments, so that because mm. our ears already know, we already yeah. know what the solid Five moments. Chords. Five chords. And so, I don't, and I'm not. I don't think you were probably even thinking of this. This is just how I know this feeling as well, where you're like, you start off and you just develop that home base. And then from there, you just go exploring outwards, harmonically, mm -hmm. melodically. It's really the most fun about being an improviser is you don't know what's going to happen. You don't have a plan for it. But our ears just lead us to these places after yeah. a while. And it's really fun. Yeah. And I mean, a tune like this where the framework is so clear and simple, but but you know how do you use the advantage? The weird thing about this tune is there's no melody to it. Yeah. So like, how do you use that to your advantage? Yeah. Right? So yeah, it's, it's a great tune for telling a story. And the better you know and understand the possibility of those chords, and I, th I did, I do think I did a good job of telling a story because it's so important on something like this because 100%. there is no story set up, there is no melody, yeah. there's a framework and a possibility. So a lot of people look like, oh, it's so easy. It's only five chords, and there's no melody to worry about, and it's slow and whatever. But I think that the possibility is of it, and also knowing when to pull back because of the openness and possibilities, you can just sort of go crazy. And maybe I did yeah. a little bit at times. Hopefully, it was at a point where like the story kind of led there to, to kind of go off in a flurry or, or a different direction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a tune like this, having experience over it is is definitely, um, you know, to your advantage for sure. For sure. Uh, well, let's How check, about out, we check out a little Adam Let's Madness. check out mine. So I've got a video, actually, if you want to put a video. Oh, come on. So this is live from Jazz St. Louis from just a few weeks ago, I think three or four weeks ago. Yeah, this is a great gig. I actually watched. This, um, this was a show we were we we revisited Billy and Ella with two great uh, vocalists here in St. Louis, uh, Erica Johnson and Anita Jackson. Yeah, and I I haven't really checked this out, but I do remember this Tisket a Tasket, which is an Ella classic, feeling really great. We had first of all amazing audiences all three days of this. Yeah, sold out, uh, sold out, and they were just like super with us. You know, yeah. you have those crowds yeah. that like for some reason everybody's on stage with you kind of. Yeah. It was like that. And I just remember this being that a really... energy helps, as it turns out. It totally does. I remember this being a really nice moment. This is Anita Jackson singing uh, Tisket a Tasket. Nathan Pence on bass. And our own bonus here... I was about to say, producer Caleb, producer at, the Caleb at the drums for this show. Is this your first appearance on the pod visually Maybe playing Musically, I think. Musically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I just, I kind of put it... This isn't from the beginning. This is kind of before the piano solo. Fine. Oh. With that group, Caleb. I think she lost her basket in Nolens, perhaps. <laughs> oh, back to New York. Was it blue? Just a
Tickle it, tickle it. Killing. Not bad. No, Killing, man. Killing. Actually better than I remembered. I remembered feeling, you know, obviously the audience there is helping. And this is at a point of the show where we just did some, like, we did Strange Fruit. We mm-hmm. kind of took it down. And we just, this is Anita's first tune here singing. So we wanted to come in with a swanger. Yeah. Which I think we accomplished Swanging and a swagger. Yeah. For my own, like, if I'm looking at this objectively, and I, I don't do this that often, I should yeah. probably do this more. He's blushing. Th- He's blushing a little a bit. A little bit. It was Color I, correction. I liked, I liked what happened. Like, it fit with sort of the vibe we were going for. You yeah. know, definitely just trying to tip it and and have, a, have be open. I, I think I just played too much up front. I would have liked to... Like, if I were listening to someone do this, I would say... You know, with this kind of thing, just you, you can you can jab a little more at the top. I went in hot. I came in hot. Um, would be my own, and I know it's UBA probably no one else. Sir. No one else is probably thinking that as much as I am. I'm like, ah, I'm playing too yeah. much at, up top. I could have been more open to what was happening between the trio or whatever. Which eventually, I think I got to that place, but. It's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you just come in, you know. Okay, I'm gonna have to color correct you on that as well. <laughs> I don't think that that's that's interesting. So when 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 I hear. Um, you know, kind of what it's coming out of with Anita and what, it, and, and the, what ended up being the length of the solo. And I figured you guys probably didn't have that predetermined, right? It wasn't like take four courses. No, or no. I think we were just trying to keep solos fairly short. Yeah. yeah. No, to me, you came in right at the right, not only level of intensity, but level of kind of uh, density as okay. well. Um, if the solo had ended up being like a five-minute solo, maybe not. But because of the brevity of the solo... Um, and actually, this solo felt shorter than it actually was, which is always a good sign. Yeah. Like when this finished, you, like, and then you see how many courses or how many, how long it was, and you're like, ah, oh, it seemed longer than that. That's not a good sign. You That's know? not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this was two choruses through. Okay, two choruses. So I it think, felt appropriate. Yeah. And yeah. I always think like that's such an important thing, and that's something that's more difficult on a tune like this than like a flamenco sketches or yeah. something. Like, how many choruses should it be? Because the high level players like you do it on feel. Right, and the high level groups like this, and the rhythm section's killing it. Yeah, uh, shout swinging, out right? Caleb yeah. and Nathan Pence. Pence. I mean, you guys were swinging from the beginning. Now in Los Angeles, Nathan Pence, by the way, is he? Yeah, oh. just moved last week. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, um, some good young bass players out in LA. Maybe that's yeah. there's a trend there. Um, ben Williams is LA. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's why Pence went out there. There's a lot of good players moving to LA. Nice. Yeah. Um, see, that's a good little lesson. Like, don't be like, oh, there's a lot of. Like you want to be an A player and get get your A game on. Don't be like, oh, there's a lot of bass players going to LA, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah, go oh, hang they're out. Leaving New York, so maybe I have a yeah. better chance. No, you go where the action you might, is. Ben Williams, he's a busy guy. You right, might, you might get some of those gigs. If you go out on Olive uh, Boulevard in West <laughs> U City, what do you see out there? Line, what kind of restaurants? A lot of uh, Chinese places. The best Chinese places, yeah. and say all lined up. They're not scared of each other. No. They created a district. You know, I mean, what you want to go for some Chinese food, you go out there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, what happens when you come up to a stop sign? 
Uh, <laughs> gala, gala time. <laughs> no, okay. So what I thought that you can I jump in on some some stuff that I love. Yeah, let me that? let me just do one okay. more of my little critiques, and I think this especially after hearing your brilliant play. So this is so silly to have this after what you played. Not at all. But man. Uh, uh, the thematic development, like I could have used, I was definitely grabbing onto themes like that. Yeah. What is that tune? Uh, Start with some barbecue. Yeah, yeah. I grabbed onto that theme. I think. It was almost too repetitive. Like I could have varied it more. And it's so hard to do this after the fact now because I feel like spiritually I was in the moment there and it was just happening. And I I hate to criticize that voice, but listening, I was like, I could have done just a little more variety. I could have done with a little more variety with that, with that theme. So, So, okay. I, I think like with that, you did it great. And it's so hard having like done this to like to play stuff that is recognizable that is very basic, um, and and by basic I mean like easy to sing, easy to feel, easy like um, like it was so appropriate what you were doing over this, and it's so much harder. Like, and folks don't understand this. First of all, this kind of playing is so audience friendly, which I love well, in this all was, the right, right ways. This was the joy of the weekend. Yeah, is like you play like this, you just you just tip and you're just swinging, you're yeah. just connecting these themes to people. And they were they were loving it. We were loving it together. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, it's so much easier when you have the level of skill and understanding that you do to just go into the solo and start subbing things out and playing chromatic and doing like cool substitutions and amazing. And then some people in the audience would be like, Wee! I mean, we do we did some of that, you know, but this didn't didn't feel appropriate but not for here. this too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You were so dialed in on the solo from the from your entrance on appropriateness yeah. like what does this moment need i could feel it now i saw this gig um the live stream also so i kind of know what the flow is but even like i was trying to be like if i just walked into the club at this moment yeah, yeah like yeah. there that's a test for you. you if you walk into the club and you hear like like j- exactly what we just saw you're kind of the ending you know caleb coming out of the new orleans thing back into the swing like so you jumped right in on the solo which is like that's a pro move right there like you you almost like some people would be like oh you almost like layered in underneath what Anita was doing. You know, I don't even, you, like, it was like a pickup kind of coming in. You came in hot yeah. and you also came in early. But yeah. that was the perfect thing for that moment because you didn't segment things off. You didn't like let things cool down. You guys did come back a little bit, but not on the intensity. So like you totally rode that wave and you came in, you know, fairly dense, but I thought right at the appropriate level. And then a lot of the things that you played, especially like when you went up into the upper register, like to play it and be swinging that hard and to not rely on like crazy harmonic stuff to kind of cover or like a a whole bunch of like, you know, 16th notes or triplets or whatever, like is really hard and important. I think on a shorter kind of a solo, like, like you committed to playing things and then repeating them and then like completing them without like copping out on just some jazzy piano type stuff. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you know what it was? You were playing like a singer. You were soloing like a, like a great singer would do. Well, we were Very... celebrating Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald and maybe that was subconsciously there, but I think it yeah. was just, you know, you try to catch a wave on these things, right? Yeah. You're just trying to be with whatever's happening in the moment. So, yeah. and, and you and, played, I, I actually put on my notes. I said, you were typical in the very best way. Like you played typical things and people don't understand, like when you, and by typical, I mean, like, you're not like, wait, wait what was that? How did he, you know, it's just like, boo ba doo ba dip bip bip something like that. Yeah. To do that and have it swinging and have it sound relevant is very difficult, but it's very important because when you have to, when you don't ever have to do it, but when you want to do it, 
takes a lot of confidence and swag to be able to do that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that uh, it was, I certainly remember. I mean, you didn't use any moo chords is what I'm saying. Not on that one. Again, <laughs> moo chords were played th- for this gig, but yeah, it's, it's right. uh, I, I do feel like I remember this particular song is feeling really good. Uh, and so it, it, I think it holds up as, at least with being in the spirit of the moment. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Josh Redman. <laughs> uh, cool, Sweet. man. Well, this was fun. Uh, the the key to survival. Kind of awkward. It's such a weird combination. Well, it is it? a little awkward, but uh, you know, I think you and I are at our advanced level of age here, and having been doing this for a long time, I'm not going to beat myself up over things I should have done, or no. why didn't I sound like someone else, or what? Why don't I sound like Peter Martin playing flamenco sketches? It doesn't matter, you know, to I think as much for us at this point. And I think that's really the key to this episode. And this exercise is the more you can sort of just kill your ego with this, be objective, like what do you like about it? What what are some things that you can highlight and work on in your playing and do more of? What are some things that that you uh, would want to grow from from yeah. this? I have my list uh, for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, more importantly, I think, uh, how are you feeling as you're doing this? You yeah. know, how, how are you feeling as you're playing? Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's two things that come to mind in terms of if we want to sort of, um, you know, check some boxes for successes, because that's always important as we listen to our playing and, and look for areas to improve or whatever. But we also want to, you know, affirm some things that we did correct, not so much to pat ourselves on the back, but to make sure that those remain a part of our playing and that we're dialed in on some of those elements. So I, there's two things in particular on yours. Like, how did the music feel when Anita came back in? Like, that's such an underrated part of a piano solo, especially with a vocalist. But anytime, like, a horn player is coming back or whatever, like, it's not about just us playing a great solo and the audience love it. Like, what can you do to make every... Like, what can you do like a point guard would do to make everybody better? And the way that you ended the solo and what when you handed the baton back to Anita... Like that, those transition moments are so important. Like these split second things, almost yeah. more important than the whole solo. No, sometimes. you actually, and you did a great job on that. You the know? acknowledgement of passing the baton, uh, really, you can exaggerate that, honestly. Yeah, and the audience will thank you for it. Exactly. They want to know when the shit is done. That's right, right. <laughs> but I'm saying, yeah, no, well, that that too. But I was actually talking about like, how do you set things up in a way that Anita is so. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't need to be excited, but like you make her sound good easy. Right. Because we have the control. Like we always think about that while they're Same playing. thing with you setting up Ruben's solo coming out of that. Right. It's a whole different energy, but yes. Right. And yeah. that's such a big part. And I was thinking for me, even like I, I did notice some things that I did that I think made it easier for to sure. highlight Jeff's brush work. You guys were totally, you know? I mean, you and Clap have a great vibe together anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, sometimes we get so much into our thing that we start to, we, we forget how much of an effect we have on others and what a responsibility that is. Yeah. Great. Gala. This is super fun. Gala. Gentlemen Gala. and Ladies Agreement. Yes. G-A-L-A. In case you're new here, welcome in. But don't settle into your seat yet until you have pressed the subscribe button on our You'll hear it YouTube channel. That's right. And that's the same as the Open Studio channel, right? Nope. Totally different channel. <laughs> uh, you can search for You'll Hear It in YouTube, and we have a whole separate channel just for the podcast. Go subscribe to it now where you can see How visuals. How it cost? It's completely free. All you have to do- It's not completely free. Well, you do have to uh, adhere to the agreement. Now, for right. years, we've been- Years. For decades, <laughs> we've been saying you have to put in a- agreement adhered to. But we're going to change that today. Special thing today. Yeah. Right? I'm going to the gala. That's right. I'm that's going to we, the gala. Uh, 
Tell us you're going to the gala. and ladies agreement gala. I'm headed to the gala. I got my tux on for the gala. That's right. I got too drunk at the gala. (laughs) (laughs) We're spiraling out of control. (laughs) Have I told you a gala story? We don't have time for this, but I'll just real quickly. I was at a gala. I was talking to- You're saying it different every time. I was at a gala. I was in LA, and I was talking to the uh, president, the then president of the St. Louis Art Museum. Yeah. We were having a nice conversation. He's holding some Uh wine. I'm holding some food. And at the end of it, we just had a lovely five-minute exchange. You know, this is a big shot here in St. Louis art scene. And I was like, well, it's so great to see you. And I wave my hand up and down. I knock his red wine completely on the floor, shatters on the marble floor everywhere. And Spills I, up to a Picasso. I just cowered back in the corner with whatever band was playing. Like, hey, guys, what are you doing? I don't really deserve You guys enjoying the gala? Not, I should not be taken outside of my practice room. Oh, well, on that note, you'll hear it. <laughs>